Well, this has been a wonderful Sunday of remembering and celebrating many things in this past year with this church family. And of course, sharing Lord's Supper is always an important part of that. I want to invite you to open with me your Bibles this morning to Romans, the first chapter. Verse 16 and 17 is going to be our... The two verses that we're looking at this morning. And Paul, he most likely wrote this letter to the church in Rome while he was in Corinth around the date of 57 AD. And uh, our, our life group, Bible study group, has, been, has started studying the book of Romans. And so some say that it's one of the most important books in the Bible because of Paul's heartfelt message about the good news of the gospel and its transforming power in believers' lives. And really, it's a statement of faith, if you think about it, and uh, about how important faith is in our lives. And so let's read uh, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. In the past uh, three or four years, we have heard many stories about people doubting God. Some people turning away from Christ and a term that's become known uh, well over the last year or two is deconstruction, deconstructing their faith. I'm not sure if it happened, uh, started to happen during the pandemic or if it maybe had started a little bit before that time. But even some very prominent Christian uh, leaders, pastors, singers and so on fell away from their Christian faith and belief due to this uh, deconstructionist movement. That term deconstruction has become, uh, deconstructing has become known as a person who is rethinking their faith and moving away from previously held beliefs and sometimes even to the point of no longer identifying themselves as a Christian. Now, some have referred to this as the uh, ex-evangelical movement, instead of, you know, the, the well-known term that we've all heard, the evangelical movement. Author Alyssa Childers defines it like this. She says, it is the process of systematically dissecting and often rejecting the beliefs you grew up with. Now, it's not necessarily bad to you know, reassess the faith that you grew up with and, and reclaim it as your own once you get older. But in that process of reassessing, a person has to be careful not to, you know, throw out the essential truths of, of our faith, the truths that are central to the hope and truth of the Christian faith. And as Paul says here, The gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. 
So as I've been thinking about those who have deconstructed their faith or abandoned it, I found myself thinking this, thinking, how could I ever throw away or just walk away from the God who has saved me and delivered me from the heartbreak, the disappointments, and the darkness of this fallen world that we live in? My faith is where I find my hope. That's where I find grace. It's where I find salvation. It's where I find life in the face of death. I find all of those things in Jesus Christ who has overcome all of that. And if I walk away from that, what am I left with? Now, I I do think it's important for us to dig into the Bible, to study it for some of the questions that we might have about life and faith and the Christian walk. But to dismiss it or to walk away from it and not lean on it, that's a place that we don't want to find ourselves in. I know I don't want to find myself there. Some say that it is okay to doubt or to have some doubt, that it's a natural thing for us humans to do. That may be true, but our faith, you see, is what helps us to overcome those doubts. Instead of drowning in doubt, we can lean on our faith in Christ, who will help us to lift us out of those doubts and those questions. And save us in the end. We may not have the answer to every question there is in this world. We won't. We don't. For sure. But as each day passes, we are one step closer to knowing those answers. We're one step closer to our true home. One day in heaven, we will know. But I have a feeling once we get to heaven, it's not going to really matter. That we know. I, I, I heard a, someone once say this, and I thought it was so good. Faith is the bird that sings when the dawn is still dark. Faith is the bird that sings when the dawn is still dark. Well, in these two verses, Paul not only proclaims that this salvation is for all people who believe in Christ. But that the righteous people will live by that faith, will live by their faith. And so on this Christ the King Sunday that we celebrate every year, we celebrate the truth that Jesus is our one and only true King. Jesus is Lord. Down in the, down in the basement in my church office, I have a large, on one wall, I have a large picture of a world, the world, the map. It's not really the map, but it's kind of a drawing of the world or the globe. And uh, right above the world map, I have the words, Jesus is Lord. He is a king that came for all people. A king that died on the cross for his people. The Bible says he is high and lifted up. 
And yet he came to earth to serve people. And we, as we washed feet this morning in Christian Ed time, we acknowledged our call upon our lives to serve each other and to serve other people. What earthly king would do such a thing? There is none. No earthly king is going to go to that level of sacrifice for their people. And so with that in mind, how could I, how could we, how could anyone turn away from this this great hope that is found in Jesus? Some of you know that music has always been an important part of my life, as well as my, my faith journey. I don't play an instrument, and I don't necessarily sing very well. I love to sing, but I don't sing very well. But I love to listen to music and pay close attention to the words or lyrics for inspiration, for contemplation, and for hope at times. And I do that both with Christian music, worship music, and even secular music. Although, obviously with secular music, I'm more selective in what I choose to listen to. Recently, though, it was two Christian songs that inspired me to think about these subjects of faith, the subject of doubt, of deconstruction, and of hope. On Phil Wickham's new album, he has a song that is entitled, I Believe. And on that song, it states uh, his beliefs and our beliefs as Christians very clearly. He even mentions this verse in Romans 1 that we're looking at this morning about not being ashamed of those beliefs. But what caught my attention was a couple of lines in that song that I think he wrote to address to address that thing of deconstructing a person's faith. He sings this. I will never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then he says, how could I ever walk away from the one who saved my life? That's a great question. How could I? How could we? Another recent song by Mercy B also speaks to this. They sing, I'm losing sight of all that matters, blinded by questions I can't answer. I'm paralyzed by what I don't know that holds me hostage and won't let go. That sounds like someone who is dealing with a lot of doubt and a lot of questions, doesn't it? But then listen to the words of the chorus. And I'm paraphrasing them here a bit, I think. I have them on the screen there, but it says, I raise my hands and remember that you're the one who makes mountains move. You're the one who makes the stars shine. You're the one who conquered the grave and made all things new. So who am I not to worship you? You know, in many ways, these lyrics are echoing what Paul is saying here in verse 16. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God that brings salvation and hope to all people. How could I doubt him? And how could I turn away? How could I not worship the one who created me and saved me from sin? That's why I like that first Peter passage that was read earlier. It says, in his great mercy, 
he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then it goes on to talk about our inheritance that we have in heaven as believers. It's an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or go away. Why would we want to turn away from God and our faith in Jesus Christ and risk all of eternity due to some lingering doubts and questions that we can't answer? In Hebrews 11, we have the faith chapter. It's, uh, it talks about a lot of the heroes of the faith in the Bible. Noah, Abraham, Moses, and others. But in the very first verse of that chapter, it says, Faith is the assurance of things... Faith is assurance of things hoped for. The conviction... Of things not seen. So you see that, that testifies. That we don't understand everything. That we don't have the answers to every question. But that's where the faith part. Really comes in. I heard a great quote one time. From a man named J.O. Frazier. Who was a missionary to China. And he said faith. Is like a muscle. Which grows stronger and stronger with use, rather than rubber, which weakens when it is stretched. So think about that quote in light of of what we're talking about this morning. I like the story that Pastor John Basingo shares. One time he was reading a book in his house, and his younger daughter, his young daughter came to him. And he asked him if he would build her a playhouse in the backyard. He told her that he would, and she said thank you and left the room. Well, about 15 minutes later, he looked out the window into the backyard, and there was, she had taken a bunch of her toys and all kinds of her dishes and stuff like that and piled them up there in the backyard. And so he goes to his wife and he says, What is she doing, taking all that stuff out in the backyard? And his wife said, well, you told her that you would build her a dollhouse, and she believes you. (laughs) She's just getting ready for it. John said, he said, when I saw her faith, nothing could keep me from carrying out my word. You know, there are many times that we wonder how things came to be or why things happen in life. But beyond our doubt and questions... We must have faith in the promises that God gives to us. If you go through a season of those doubts and those questions, I hope that you will allow your faith in Christ our King to shine through. I mean, there are so many promises of hope in God's Word. One Bible scholar tried to count them one time, came up with eight over 8,000 promises. And he said that 7,000, almost 7,500 of those promises were made by God to his people. How could I turn away from those and think that there's a better way to live my life without them? How could we give up eternal promises of hope for earthly doubts and questions? 
Recently, we went through the book of Colossians as a church on Sunday mornings. And I think uh, Colossians chapter 1 is maybe one of the best passages of Scripture for a Sunday like this, for Christ the King Sunday. Uh, Carol read verses 15 through 20 earlier. But I want to read those verses again and tack on a few more to verses 23 as, we, uh, as I end here this morning. So this is Colossians, the first chapter, verses 15 through 23. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him. To reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish, and free from accusation. And then this is the last verse. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel you've heard and that's been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So, how could I, how could you, how could we turn away from the one that has saved us in this life and promised us eternal life in heaven? How could we not come together to worship Christ the King for all that he has done for us and is yet to do? How could we not crown him the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Amen. Let's stand together and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. And then Lynn is going to come lead us and crown him with many crowns and dismiss us with a closing prayer. Lord Jesus, we we thank you for days like today when we can celebrate our church family, but most importantly, celebrate why we are a church family. It's because of you. Because you are our Lord and our Savior. Lord, we've experienced many Things in this past year, some of them heartbreaking, some of them disappointing, some of them troubling, and some of them hard. But Lord, we have also had times that we have celebrated together, that we have seen the servant's attitude shown to each other and to the world. And Lord, I pray that uh, as we move into this week of thanksgiving and into the Christmas season, we can be ever grateful and thankful for the blessings that we have amidst the difficulties that we have in this life. May our faith strengthen us 
May our faith be our guide. May our faith trump all of the doubts that may come into our mind. And may those doubts that Satan tries to put within us be dispersed by your truth. Thank you for each one here, Lord. Thank you for those watching online. We just pray a blessing over each one. And Lord, I pray with our lives, we may testify that you are Lord and crown you with many crowns. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior, and all God's people said.